This is where Ava was created. Go ahead, take a look. If you knew the trouble I had getting an AI to read and duplicate facial expressions, you know how I cracked it? I don't know how you did any of this. Every cell phone, just about, has a microphone, camera, and a means to transmit data. So I turned on every microphone and camera across the entire fucking planet, and I redirected the data through Blue Book. Boom. Limitless resource of vocal and facial interaction. You hacked the world's cell phones? Yeah, and all the manufacturers knew I was doing it, too. But they couldn't accuse me without admitting they were doing it themselves. Here, we have her mind. Structured gel. I had to get away from circuitry. I needed something that could arrange and rearrange on a molecular level, but keep its form when required. Holding for memories, shifting for thoughts. This is her hardware? Wetware. And the, uh, and the software? Well, I'm sure you can guess. Blue Book. There's the weird thing about search engines. There's like striking oil in a world that hadn't invented internal combustion. Too much raw material. Nobody knew what to do with it. You see, my competitors, they were fixated on sucking it up and monetizing via shopping and social media. They thought that search engines were a map of what people were thinking, but actually they were a map of how people were thinking. Impulse, response, fluid, imperfect, patterned, chaotic. punch and we are going to punch or talk about a movie we just watched called Alex Garland's Ex Machina which came out in 2015. Film Punch is a podcast where we watch a film together and we immediately talk about the film afterwards so like a punch it's an immediate reaction and we had a big group tonight so we broke up the discussion in two parts. For part one, we're talking about design and nature. For part two, we're going to be talking about uh, the characters of the film and who we sympathize with the most, who we relate to, and just an analysis of our general thoughts about the film. And before we get started, I want everybody to introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Rebecca. Uh, hi, I'm Al Kikuski. Dave Klingerman. And I'm Neil Klingerman. Okay, guys, let's talk about design and nature in this movie again. We just watched it, and it was interesting. Um, any initial thoughts in terms of, you guys are my techie guys, like, what, what, well, I mean, what are your thoughts? One thing that, like, I mean, one thing that gets me when now just from looking at this movie is just, like, it seems like the idea of design or control is something that is very much on the movie's mind, and what gets me while looking at it is how, the control seems to be like just part of the design itself. You know, you look at so many of these shots are are put in a way where it's look like 
wait, who's in control here? Mm-hmm. Who's really running things? Right. Like, several, like with, with the main character of Caleb, several times it looks like he's in the cage. He's being, like, trapped. Well, even when, yeah, even when Ava's talking. He had the, the smaller room, really. Ava's, the room that Ava was in was much larger, so mm-hmm. it was very much like he was in a cage. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, uh, Oscar Isaac's character. Nathan, yeah. Nathan, yeah. Nathan is watching everyone. He's kind of pulling the strings. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, but this, at the same time, there's there's broader forces at work within this film. I mean, uh, the environment that they're in is sort of controlling them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fact that they are secluded. They're so isolated from interconnected technology. Mm-hmm. They all have technology in their own little box. Yeah. But not uh, technology that's with the outside world. And what the outside world is telling them is nature and chaos. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the thing I'm really interested in is that Pollock painting quote. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then when it goes back, when it goes from Nathan, he's always with the Pollock painting. Yeah. Except at the very end. Mm -hmm. And then when it goes back to um, Caleb, there's always this sort of, complex grid behind him that's more ordered and structured. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava does a drawing, and it's very ordered and structured, but it, it's chaotic like the Pollock painting, but a more logical version of that Pollock Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely liked how the movie used art, like famous kind of art, um, and mirroring it off of, you know, nature and and also just the technology part as well. I think one of my favorite scenes is, um, or I guess shots uh, with art is in the end when Ava is, you know, she's gets that white dress on and then yeah. there does that painting. The painting looks famous. I don't know if it's like a... Yeah, it was like something by, I think... Is it Gustav? Clem- oh, no. Know, Gustav. Okay. Well, it was like a Mexican artist. Oh, okay. You know what? I have no idea. Well, but anyways, but anyways. I, I just saw it and I was like, you know, she... It, these paintings are just an expression kind of what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And then... If we're going to talk about nature and design, I think what I love is the the when um, Ava's in those sessions, like there's those like trees in the back. Yes. Um, which it, it's interesting having her like in that reflective nature. Like I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But. Well, the tree also is in a cage, so That's I thought right. that was representative yeah. of her growth. Okay. Into a form of nature. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, right, right. And no matter how glass thi- glass in things are, there's always appears to be like a tree or a, a tree or or in, or wood, like mm-hmm. or or natural stuff, like inside. And and right. and do, it's, there's shot after shot which shows like you're looking at something, and then when you cut to another person, and then you cut back, and it's a frame. So like it shows that somebody's being it's being observed. Right. We're now made aware that like. This is being looked at. The the most striking to me, I thought, was flowing water throughout the entire movie. Yeah, agreed. You know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, the part where, like, he comes to realize what's really going on and he's taking a shower. And Mm -hmm. it it intercuts to, you know, doing really screwy stuff. Oh, yeah. No, the editing in this movie is awesome. Just, like... I mean, basically things mirroring off of each other. I mean, cinematically, I'm curious what you guys, like... 
what what you took just from this viewing, like something the the way it was filmed, like cinematically wise, what was something that really impressed you in the well, film? It's the te- I mean the editing, the editing, and the and the way that the cinematography like shows itself just gives you this feel, gives me this feeling of like this unpleasant feeling of both things being way too controlled and things being out of things being out of control. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, you just have, it's this weird kind of like claustrophobia on the one side, but then also a sense of like, my gosh, where is there the ground? Where is there's the ground to stand on? You know, you would, you would have like these straight, you would have these straight images, but then you'd have these images where they're mirrored and there's these diagonal lights mm-hmm. that are cross cutting. And like, they're like sometimes cutting a person's face like in half. Yeah. The thing I was wondering about this film, it really made me feel reflective. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Ah. Because there was a lot of mirrors throughout the entire oh, movie. It. And uh, it sort of made you reflect on what what really is, uh, what really defines life. I mean, is life ultimately built upon violence and, you know, the loss of other life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so, and that whole cinematography, the, the way in which everything was shot was, like you said, very claustrophobic, but chaotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Pollock painting. You know? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, right, the, the, the Pollock painting goes and brings up like this, like that whole idea of like, when you look at a Pollock painting, you get this feeling or the sensibility out of it. And I love that that's part of the, what the movie brings up is like, did he have, did Pollock have intent through it? And how is it that we read things into something that looks like random right. if you just have a, you know, a cursory glance? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But, but it's sort of the whole painting that makes it, come true and the end credits sort of illustrate that because as the lines gain complexity they become a whole yes yes which is like how which is really fascinating because that's how how Ava draws that's how Ava draws Caleb it's Mm -hmm. a series of it's a series of points right and yeah. it forms an image that is recognized and where he gets feeling and emotion that's like, from. That's like pixels or... Uh, yeah, like pixels, very know, much so, in right. In a sense. But, and also, uh, 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 what's, what's the other form of pixels where the computer draws a lot? Vectors. Vectors, Vectors. Yeah. yes. Uh, so I'm curious what you guys thought about the, the part when they were looking at the brains, the wetware... Um, I, I mean, I, I it, encap- I... it encapsulates it for me. Right. It feels, for one thing, the fact that it's called wetware is really, really fits it. Uh-huh. Like, it's fluid. It's always yeah. it's always moving. It has this natural gel thing to it. And, yeah. then, and I really enjoy, and I'm just, I guess I'm a sucker for trying to look for patterns in it, because if you look at it, there's sort of things inside of it that look like cells. There's sort of things in it that look like constellations. There's things that look like like almost like mathematical formulas or right. flowcharts. They're all flowing inside this glowing blue. Yeah, you know, even like Ava's innards. I guess you could say yes. were were very not necessarily human, mm-hmm. but some kind of like skeletal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the thing to but, me is. I'm sorry. Were you going to say? Well, something? yeah, yeah. Well, okay. keep going. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, uh, and we'll probably get to this in the next part, but uh, it's just scary how like. House, Alex Garland. He's he knows his shit. Like he's obviously knows science. He knows knows how things could become a reality. You know, and so this whole like explanation of like the the cell phones and taking all this um, data and information and then aggregating it together. Yeah, I mean it makes sense, yeah. right? So it's just like. 
and yeah. it works. I've got a few things I want to say about yeah. that. Yeah, like, okay. First off, uh, Watson, the computer that won Jeopardy, part of what they built Watson off of was search data material and Wikipedia pages. Really? That's part of where the artificial intelligence wow. came from. Okay. And they use that as a seed to allow Watson to start learning based on the knowledge to be able to pick up some of the more okay. human aspects, which were cues and plays with language, mm -hmm. which it had a much harder time figuring out, but it could use that as a base. Okay. Um, the wetware is also interesting because that's organic computing and not right. silicon-based computing. We started out with mechanical computers. Mm -hmm. All they could do was basic mathematical formulas. Right. Uh, silicon could get more advanced, but there's a point when silicon's going to run out. And scientists believe theoretically that the next step is wetware or organic yeah. Kind of biological kind of computing. Full scale. Yeah, because and 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 what and what Nathan said is both uh, both basically correct to what I get on like on biology and how the brain works, and also I think fits what the movie does really wonderfully. He said the reason that the the human brain and that that the wetware that he thinks up is better than like a linear silicon computing is that you can change the framework. You can change the connections yeah. and the way to interpret between things, which is kind of what I think this movie is constantly doing by shifting people's sympathies, shifting people's point of view, shifting who is, who is in control and shifting like shifting where the order is lying. Right. It's, for it's, sure. it's constant for me. I find it's like always pulling the rug out from under me. So I, I don't know what to necessarily right. think. And that helps me make a bigger awareness of just how much I'm in control or out of control. Right. Or both. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 we're going to have to just kind of go to the next second part now. But did you guys, I know we went through that really quick. Um, and we, you guys gave me a lot of good information about like techie smart stuff. Um, did you have anything that you want to... I, I like to add. I just like to add that one thing that I got out of watching this movie t today was how, like, it, it followed about like how there's like um, there's like um, a, a, the yin yang symbol shows that you shouldn't go in like one direction or another. You should try and keep things in balance. Yeah. What, looking at the movie today was to me made me think of like the yin yang symbol. If there was like an angry set of jaws on either the front side of either the yin mm -hmm. and the yang. In other words, nature and nature and design, like control and chaos, are not like. There's no harmony to be found. There's, it's a constant state of one thing trying to one-up the other. Right. And, that, and I think the movie does that just really great by every time you think you see something claustrophobic, it cuts to a natural shot. Okay. And every time you think you, every time you have a natural moment, it becomes uh, like it looks beautifully natural. It turns like abstract color. Like, and it, it, it gives you a feeling of, of an, for me, an antsy feeling of how mm -hmm. the things are at war and at conflict with each other in a way that like the basic harmony doesn't quite get what's okay. going on. Yeah, that's no, that's anyway. great. Well, thank you guys for part one. And um, we'll Nathan's the ultimate programmer. <laughs> there we go. So, so true. You feel bad for Ava? Feel bad for yourself, man. One day the AIs are going to look back on us the same way we look at fossil skeletons in the plains of Africa. Upright ape living in dust with crude language and tools, all set for extinction.
You're wrong. Wrong about what? Nathan. In what way? He isn't your friend. Excuse me? I'm sorry. Eva, I, I don't understand. You shouldn't trust him. You shouldn't trust anything he says. Film Punch. Today we're going to be talking about Alex Garland's Ex Machina, which came out in 2015. And this is part two of our two-part discussion. Part two, we're going to be talking about the characters, uh, who we sympathize with the most, whose fault is it that everything went the way it went. Uh, Just a general analysis of the film. Before we get started, let's have everyone introduce themselves. Uh, My name is Rebecca. Uh, Angela Shershin. Helen Leotonko. Ian Mason. Mike Path. Andrew McGough. Welcome, guys. So we just watched this movie, and it, it this movie scares me, like, in the sense, like, okay, so Ava, we have Ava, who's played by Alicia Bikander, and she is an artificial intelligence and she is created by Oscar Isaac's character, Nathan, who's like kind of like a mad genius who's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Caleb, the good-hearted guy that's used as kind of a pawn to, um, I don't know, what was the purpose? Just to show that... Um, he, he was there for the Turing test. The Turing, okay. He, he was there to prove if she if he could see consciousness in her, even though she's purely artificial. Right. And, yeah, we saw something there. I mean, <laughs> she, uh, she, what are your guys' thoughts after just watching it? Well, um, in the previous section, they sort of brought up an interesting point about how all of Ava's drawings are drawn with points. I think it's called, like, point mm-hmm. Um and it's interesting because, like, in a way, her brain is sort of created in the same way. Or, like, her brain is basically created by data points that were inputted into a search engine. So, like, in a way, she's kind of representative of that, too. That she's yeah. a combination of a lot of points. Right. Um, and, like, essentially, she was created using human behavior, you know, because it's mm-hmm. all, like, input from us. So I feel like whatever she is, it's like a reflection of who we are to a certain extent. Yeah. And, um, I mean... The first time I saw this movie, and this was the second time I, I've seen it, um, I was a little, not mad at Ava, but I was like, why didn't you just bring Caleb with you? I mean, come on, the guy did all this stuff for you, and you're just going to leave him to die. But then I, this time around, I'm like, okay, I get it. She's She's been stuck in this whatever, you know, and 
she saw an out and she went for it. And, you know, how could she totally trust Caleb? You know, maybe they would get out there and then he would just like feed her to the wolves. Like, I get it. I get it. I, she, she should get kudos for convincing that helicopter pilot to oh, take her away. Oh, right. Because he was expecting a guy, and she, she showed up, and he was like, sure, I'll take you away. Right. <laughs> she gets brownie points just for that. I know. I mean, she she just knows, like, I mean, she's, a she's I don't know, not not a weapon, but in the sense, like, she knows how to read people so well. Like, in the end, when she was doing that thing with Caleb, like, what's your favorite color? And he's like, red. And she's like, liar. And and then he's like, okay, I don't have a favorite color. But she could read, like, when he wasn't totally telling the truth. And, like, just having that skill, along with a pretty face, you know, and, uh, I mean, she's going to take over the freaking world. I mean, the, the, we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I get a little scared. Do you guys get a little scared? or? Well, uh, in terms of being scared, uh, I think it is... Like, the whole movie was just really disturbing to mm-hmm. me, because, especially with the music, I need to make a comment on the music. It was just so ambient, but, like, silent at the same time. It was really creepy how that kind of... It made my skin crawl. But mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, like, the characters, I, I felt sorry for the characters at different parts of the movie and then like at the end i kind of felt sorry for everyone like oh we're we're kind of gonna we're fucked (laughs) (laughs) but it was uh i feel like i didn't i had sympathy actually for um nathan because like in the beginning i'm like wow this guy's a real douchebag and it's like mm-hmm. he he just drinks all the time he's like oh yeah i'm just so buff and like come on just tell me how you feel <laughs> uh, but it, i just felt kind of bad because he was just trying to like improve on the the thing in the past and he just ended up getting killed by it i was like oh poor nathan but uh yeah building off of your point i Part of me while watching this movie was wondering if this movie was a Turing test for the audience. Because, you know, especially, especially the part where Nathan's building the women robots and then destroying them. And you kind of start to feel sympathy for, for you know, the robots. And, I, you know, obviously there's some undertones of the, you know, sexual violence against mm-hmm. women that kind of provokes that. But, you know, at the end, it's... The, I feel like as the audience, we actually care about the robots. So it's almost like showing that you know, maybe someday artificial intelligence will get right. to that level on us. Yeah. I feel like uh, that kind of goes to that point about, like, which character you sympathize with, because, like, Nathan and Caleb are, like, two very different types of characters. And, like, Nathan's obviously kind of this misogynistic... Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, dominant person. And then you have Caleb that I think... This is my second time seeing the film, and the first time I saw this film, I kind of, I sympathized most with him at the beginning until sort of you reach the climax of the film, Mm -hmm. but he's almost, he's kind of like, he's this, you you think that he's like this ally for her, but he's really just using her as well. Right. It's like like these two different types of men, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just curious what would have happened if Caleb had left with Ava. Like, how would he 
how would he play that? I don't even know if he'd know what to do with her. I mean, I don't, I don't see that scenario working out. So, do too you think well. there should be a sequel? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I can see like maybe five years, ten years down the road. You know, there will be like little Avas everywhere, and you know, she she's going to be like dominating the world, yeah. and and we're just not going to exist anymore. They're going to have killed all of us. The uh, sequel would be Terminator. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, and that's that's what's so scary to me because for you know. Some science fiction movies, it just seems like, okay, this is interesting, but it could never, that could never really happen, or that's not, you know, that's not realistic. Um, But along with the movie Her, like Spike Jonze Her, like I feel like this movie is like right in line of the not so distant future. And that's why it scares me so much, you know, just because like, that whole part when they were talking about the brains and everything, I'm like, this makes a little bit of sense to me. Like, it's kind of scary sense. And, um... Right. It does seem like, though, there's... The time frame isn't specifically stated. Right. But it does feel like it's happening now. Right. This is the time. Yeah, or it could be like... Yeah, it could be happening now. There could be a Nathan and... Well, Blue is essentially Google. Yeah. I mean, it... Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and I mean, I I think this movie is great with the acting and it's beautifully filmed. The editing is awesome. I'm a big fan of Alex Garland. I I like, um, you know, I think it's the first movie he's directed, but he's written a lot of stuff like uh, Sunshine he did with um, Danny Boyle. And uh, I think he's done a few other ones, but this is... What do we say? We're going to talk about whose side are we on? Or I guess uh, whose side do we... Who do we sympathize with the most? Who do we sympathize with the most? Discuss. Uh, <laughs> Go. <laughs> I, I think I still stand with I sympathize with Nathan the most. I don't know why. Okay. I just... I just uh, by the end, you realize that he's not trying to manipulate uh, as much as you think he is. It's You find out that... Ava's mostly the one behind it, but at the same time, he's the one that made her. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd say Nathan. Okay. I think I sympathize with him the least, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just that, that whole scene of him like tearing the robots apart and like. Uh, just, yeah. You know, I just feel like. Something wrong about that. Right. He yeah. Just, like, epitomizes like this awful person. Or, yeah. Like, awful male person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Caleb, for me, is the most complex person because like kind of go back and forth like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. kind of sometimes I'm with them and, and sometimes not um, right so I don't know I that's like <laughs> yeah what about you Mike well I have a built-in bias so I should probably recuse myself because <laughs> I have very bad claustrophobia and okay. I really want to sympathize with Ava but I have to go with Caleb because okay. being locked in a box I think that's got to be the worst that could ever happen to anybody. Yeah. It's like being buried alive. Pretty much. And I kind of agree with what you said. I kind of think, why couldn't she have taken him with her? But I think it wouldn't have been as dramatic of an ending. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and it would, I don't know, it would have been a different movie. Right. Because I, 
Yeah, it would have been a different movie. I mean, sim- sympathetic-wise, I, I would say, I don't know. I, I don't think I, they, I, I, I don't have an answer for that because, I mean, I would say, you know, Caleb, but then I'm like, well, you know, I think he's kind of not stupid because, you know, the robot AI thing was designed to pull him away from Nathan. Like, so, I mean, it's not exactly his fault that he got sucked in so much to Ava, but he also is like choosing this a he should have been smart enough to know that he shouldn't choose her over Nathan like I just I think it's kind of idiotic but if you saw like it, right before that he was seeing the footage of what he was doing with the robots so yeah he- no I get it I know he he's disgusted by Nathan and he sees him as the awful person he is but Ava is this unknown AI and he's going to take this thing that he doesn't fully understand and he didn't make and he's going to go out with her. Like, he should have just left. Like, he should have just gone on his own. Well, it seemed like he was sort of blinded by lust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't think it's necessarily his fault because that... You know, Ava was, like, what he, you know. So. Can we talk about, what was it, Kyoko, the Oh, the right, servant? yeah. I mean, I even though she was a robot, I kind of felt for her because she was pretty much programmed to be Nathan's yeah, sex doll and, right. and servant. And, you know, pretty much she couldn't talk. Yeah. And, yeah, again, a lot of those, you know, undertones uh, right. to that. Yeah, it kind of brings up the whole uh, gender issue with in terms of the undertones, and, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the part of the movie where I was just like, "Okay, I don't, I'm starting to not like this Nathan person." Like, <laughs> see, a part of me just hates him, another part of me, a part of me just sympathizes with him. Not, not likes him exactly, but right. just sympathizes. He's such a smart guy, so you he's like it. complicated. <laughs> Because yeah, I, I think uh, someone said it based off of uh, Steve Jobs or something like that. And I was also, uh, saw somewhere that they also based it off of uh, Stanley Kubrick. They, they were all like, all like very, uh, they would seclude themselves. They were kind of eccentric. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has that undertone of like gender issues. And um, is it telling that she was the one that put the knife in him? She, I mean, she was pretty much the one that killed him. Yeah. 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 It just ended up being his own prejudice that kind of ended him. And Yeah. Yeah, it was... By the way, shouldn't he have fallen down, like, <laughs> like shortly after the knife was in the back and the front? He's like a strong he was boxer. Just, He's he was a strong just man. strolling, like, oh, my God, I have a knife in me, but I'm going to walk down this hallway. And I'm He's just, a strong man. He thought he could make it. Just, he doesn't get the last one. <laughs> I'm just like, seriously? Is this supposed to be some dramatic, like, I don't, you know, <laughs> it's all right. But it was weird. The knife just kind of went in, like... Yeah, it was like butter. Yeah, yeah it was, I'm like, whoa, that was easy. Were, exactly. That's exactly. Not so bad. <laughs> well, he's not made out of metal. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I think the if we're going to talk about blood, well, I'm bringing it up um, the the knife part wasn't as disgusting as when Caleb was 
you know, cutting himself, like, that was just like, ugh. I don't know. That was some beautiful mind stuff there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It was just insane. But, um, so... Um, Well, there's one thing I wanted to say about Ava, I guess. (laughs) Like, I... I wouldn't say that I'm, like, strongly sympathetic towards her, but I feel like, to a certain extent, I, like, understand her. Mm -hmm. Like, sort of, I guess I do sympathize with her to a certain extent, because I feel like if she was sort of modeled off of humans, then, like, it feels hypocritical to sort of expect for her to be significantly better than us, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I do feel like what she did in here, like, it's not good, but, like, I could see a human doing something like oh yeah unspeakably evil right especially considering that she is like essentially a prisoner um, right there could be an argument made that if she was perhaps treated better <laughs> that like, yeah. she was maybe had like a normal sort of i don't know upbringing that she yeah. might not have turned out the way that she did i mean just, i i agree with you and i think like the only thing that scares me is that she's she's better than any human yeah you know so i mean she if she was nurtured in a good way, she could be doing a lot of good for the world, I guess. But if you mess with someone that has, like, all those skills and, you know, could really annihilate the human race, you don't... I mean, it's just that's what scares me, I think. She didn't have a childhood, as you said. She didn't have a childhood. She didn't go to kindergarten. She wasn't taught to share. Right. So, you know, how does someone who kind of skipped those essential steps of life how do they handle the adult world? Right. We don't know. Uh, anybody have any final, final things to say about uh, the character? I mean, there's so much to say about this movie. I, I hate to just like cut it short, but um, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. This is just me, but after I watch a movie, like it, it slowly starts to sink in with me, and like the more I think about it, so it. I'm sure by the time I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to have so many things to talk about. I'm just going to be <laughs> thinking about it for days. But yeah, yeah, watch this movie. It's great. Yeah, it is great. Um, quick question. In terms of AI movies, <laughs> sci-fi AI movies, do you guys think this is probably top tier? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. And why do you think that is? Because it's so realistic. <laughs> or I think just, it's so complex. Like, yeah. It definitely rewards like multiple viewings because right. because of this question of like who do you side with? Like right. you could watch it each time and mm-hmm. come out with a different perspective about that. Okay. I think it's the most accessible too. I think it's uh, yeah, like you said, it's it feels more relevant to what we're seeing now. Like it's supposed to like terminator or something like that it just seems like a distant future but for this you feel like it's just so close because the main character is just so relatable in that way all right well thank you guys uh this was great and um stay tuned for our next film punch and thanks for listening